0: Hi, this is your host, Dale Josie, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 6 of Aging with Grace 55 Plus, designed for anyone who wants to enjoy the journey of a lifetime after age 55. This audio podcast series is made possible by AARP Kentucky, DPL Financial Partners, and Today's Transitions Magazine. For more information, visit Today's transitions.com to read articles that can help you navigate your own transition. Past episodes of Aging with Grace 55 Plus can be enjoyed on my website, awg55.com, Apple, Google, Stitcher, or wherever you subscribe to audio podcasts. Episode 6 opens with the conclusion of my interview with delightful sisters JJ, Elliot Hill, and Natalie Handy, who share the complex realities of caring for an aging loved one, including role reversal with their mom from their podcast series, Confessions of a Reluctant Caregiver. David Lau, founder and CEO of DPL Financial Partners, returns to discuss the benefits of MYGAs, which are a multi-year guaranteed annuity product, gaining popularity, especially following recent bank collapses. More information about MIGA's multi-year guaranteed annuity product can be found at dplfp.com. This segment concludes with Wadonna Coble, Executive Director of the Office of Senior Protection and Mediation in the Kentucky Office of the Attorney General, discussing a variety of scams that pop up following devastating storms that have recently impacted Kentucky, while also ravaging the southeastern United States. She also shares prevention tips, like how seniors can protect themselves from scams focused on grandchildren, which are rising in popularity among scammers. That said, let's get after it. Meaning, welcome to season three, episode six of Aging with Grace, 55 plus. According to data from AARP, millions of Americans are taking care of a friend or a family member with a serious health condition. 61% of family caregivers work either full or part-time. And being a caregiver can be a labor of love, but if we can be honest, it can also be quite stressful. You see, caregiving is not easy for anyone, right? It's not easy for the caregiver and, and not easy for the care recipient. In our last episode, episode five, you met two women who are very candid and frank in discussing several topics, including role reversal that comes with providing care. And now, please enjoy the conclusion of my interview with J.J. Elliott Hill and her sister Natalie Handy from their podcast series, Confessions of a Reluctant Caregiver.
1: There's no support out there, Dale, and I think that's something, you know, you talk about the impact on Kentucky, but nationwide, there is a big issue for unpaid caregivers. It's so difficult to get respite. It's so difficult to get additional funding. It's difficult to get help. And so when you're in it 24-7, and that's what most people are, or they're working, and then they go home and they do caregiving, it's not a winnable situation.
0: Yeah, but when you say they're working, we do six uh, doing research on this topic. 61% of family givers work either full or part-time.
1: Absolutely.
0: And then you also have, uh, the three of you have families, three of you are married. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you imagine that stress on your marriage, you know? Oh, yes. Because you have to you oh, internalize yes. that, but, but someone, somewhere, you're going to vent, you know? Do all three of you have dogs? Oh, <laughs> oh yes. Because, yes. And, you know, because having a dog at the end of the day... <laughs> He is, he is my emotional that. support beagle exactly. Emotional support beagle Oh my Schauser. gosh, my little redhead's fantastic
2: <laughs> Wait, it's but funny. I have to also say I have a bulldog too Because I don't want him to feel left out That's yeah, right, that's, that's true right.
0: That's right. He, he could be listening, and go, what the heck okay, I'm Yeah, I know, here. right?
2: My mom doesn't <laughs> love me I'm just going <laughs> to run away, he's dead
0: yeah. Well, he already said, woof What a woof yeah. life What a rough life Woof, woof, woof life <laughs> Nevermind, it's too early. That was corny, Dale. Yeah, it was bad, it was a bad day. <laughs> I enjoyed it, JJ's yeah. not supportive. Thank you, Natalie. <laughs> but here's the kicker. Here's the kicker though, because you look at that stress, right? And, and so and so, uh, the only thing that's become salient is the fact that you have to take care of yourself, but people think that is selfish. There's a difference between mm-hmm. providing care for you, taking care of yourself and being selfish. How does that relate? to being a reluctant caregiver taking care of self.
2: Well, I'll say this. Process. Just uh, the reluctant caregiver came originally from my experience with supporting my husband last year who was diagnosed with cancer who oh. is doing well. Oh, um you. but all the thoughts and feelings and emotions and it's very odd. I'll say this, this is really important. We had I never we never uh, viewed ourselves as caregivers. It wasn't until I started talking about Um, my experience with my husband and all the insecurities that I had and how I felt like I was failing him and that I wasn't good enough and I wasn't doing enough and I could have done more. And I wish I had been nicer because Lord knows, Emily will tell you as well. I can tell you, you are not a saint when you are a caregiver. Some days there's some Mm. days that you might accidentally say something that's a touch more harsh than you meant Mm. because you feel pushed you are the you start at some point you may not like your own name said out loud because it's said so many times and so with our mom when i talked to the sisters about my own feelings when we started talking about our mom we we really kind of recognized that like oh i have those feelings too like we have this guilt that we don't like wow we need to do better for our mom and i don't know I don't know what do better looks like beyond what I believe do better is. So why are we putting these this pressure on ourselves that our mom didn't actually give us? Mm-hmm. And so I think the reluctance comes from the insecurity uh, in our own personal insecurities, not what the caree or the person you're caring for is verbalizing to you like you're doing a crappy job mm-hmm. or that we don't even want to care for because it's not that. It's just us. It's our stuff.
1: And we struggle, I know, with placing our own expectations. That's what really drags us down is even in placing mom in the the skilled nursing community that we placed her, it was, is it good enough? And that's where that reluctance, our hesitancy and our guilt comes in. When I was placing my own expectations on it, is it pretty? Is it light enough? Is the paint color pretty? When she, you know, the other day I called and I said, you know, mom, I called you and you didn't answer the phone. And she was like, I was busy. I was like, really? She was playing Scrabble. And I'm like, what does the paint Paint color... What She was busy. And I'm like, what, you know, my expectations were different than hers. So you have to kind of, it's that reluctance. You got to figure that out. What part of it is you and what part of it is that person that you love that you're doing your best. And sometimes for anyone, you have to, you have to know, don't be, you know, good. Let the, uh, don't let good. What's the saying, Natalie? Don't, don't let, let uh,
2: great, be great be the enemy of good. Great yeah. be the enemy of you're good. You're welcome. That's a hashtag team loyalty.
1: Yeah. Thank you, friend. Thank you, friend. I'm the I'm the older one. I'm the almost 55. I got to have some support. Everybody wants oh, support. Oh, look you. Um, you're right. You I, are
2: almost 55, aren't I, you? I, I, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was sarcasm, Dale. Did you see that? Yeah. I saw that. I, I, yeah.
0: I saw that. And as we go... <laughs> I want to, well, I'm not, I'm going to leave that alone in the remaining two minutes that we have,
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because
0: the other thing that I want to leave our visit our, our listeners with this idea that when you're on an airplane, right. And when the, you lose, you lose, if you lose oxygen, what do they say? Put the nose, mat over your nose and mouth first, breathe normally, and then you assist those around you. So yeah. as reluctant caregivers, that suggests that you do take care of yourself first. Maybe you sweat the details but you got to take care of yourself before you can provide loving care for yeah. those around you. Absolutely. You and, gotta and figure that,
2: out the things that fill your bucket. Yeah. And and I'm what that,
0: t- what's that mean, Natalie?
2: Well, things the, that the things bucket. that fill your bucket is the things that bring you joy and the things that allow you to move forward and be your best self to someone else because you're no good to someone else if you if you're not taking care of your own needs emotionally. Physically, caregivers do a terrible job and will have a lot of negative health outcomes if they do not take care of themselves. We typically focus on the other person. And um, and that's absolutely true. They talk about the outcomes. There's a lot of information on the ARP's website that talks about health outcomes for caregivers if they do not focus on their own primary care and their mental wellness. So I think that's really important to remember. And that comes, there's no one thing that you need to do, but you do need to think about your diet, your sleep. Sleep is critical. Mm -hmm. And so diet, sleep, um, movement, moving your body, being outside and being in the sun, do the things that make you feel that, that, that feeling that washes over you, where you feel like this feels good. Mm. That's what your body needs. that's filling in your bucket.
0: Oh, that's good. For our mm-hmm. listeners, I hope you enjoyed this interview with JJ and Nellie as much as I have. you can hear you can hear more of their their conversations and thoughts on being reluctant caregivers by visiting their website, Confessions of a reluctant And they have three episodes up there now when care starts in a crisis, riding the ways of caregiving, you're in charge of society's expectations. And when you visit their website, remember it's a judgment free space where caregivers can be their most authentic selves, confessing their truths without shame or fear of rejection. And JJ and Nellie, I love your tagline come as you are and leave with a t- toolbox of resources to meet the needs of those who serve, who you serve, and yourself. And I love that as part of Sisterhood of Care. Carry on, guys. This has been absolutely delightful.
2: <laughs> Thanks for having us. Thank absolutely. you.
0: Now, let's do this again. We'll visit again on on this on another episode of Aging with Grace 55+. Have a great day. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. You'll recall that uh, in our last episode, we had the pleasure of uh, speaking with David Lau, who is the founder and CEO of DPL Financial Partners, and certainly no stranger to Aging with Grace 55+. And David is back today. Uh, you'll know that he's a sought after speaker, commentator, and advisor to financial journalists. His work has received coverage in the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, Barron, CNBC, and other financial media, where he provides insights on industry products, players, trends, and best practices. And I'm truly honored that he's back today to provide in- insight on the current env- economic environment, financial environment, if you will. So without further ado, David Lau, how are you, sir? I'm fantastic, Dale. (laughs) Great to talk with you. Good. Welcome back to Aging with Race 55 Plus. And David, last uh, segment, we were talking about banking, and we talked a little bit about Silicon Valley Bank and that that collapse. Um, You had mentioned and you kind of alluded to something called multi-year guaranteed annuities, which are MIGAs. What exactly are MIGAs, multi-year guaranteed annuities?
3: It's really a fancy term for a fixed annuity. So a lot of people... Might you know think of MIGAs if you're familiar with the product type as a fixed annuity, mm-hmm. and a fixed annuity. There's a technical difference between a fixed annuity and a MIGA, um, just in that in the name, multi-year guarantee. So it kind of works like a CD product. Okay, you can buy it for a duration, meaning two years, three years, five years, ten years, whatever you know, whatever duration you know, might be attractive to you, and you're going to get paid an interest rate. Every year, you know, du- you know, guaranteed okay. uh, for that duration. So you might buy a three year product, and it might have a five percent interest rate, and you get paid that interest rate, and you know, on your on your uh, on your account every single year. And with a fixed annuity, just to explain the difference, the rate's really only guaranteed for a year. So it's fixed for a year, and then every year it can reset. Wow. With the multi year guarantee, you get. You know the rate guaranteed for whatever duration you've selected.
0: Okay, and so that and so obviously that benefits uh, 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 folks not only just uh, uh, people in general, but also those who are in retirement because it guarantees them certainty in retirement. It guarantees them uh, income which does not fluctuate. Correct. You have a, You know what you're getting, basically. Yes. Correct.
3: So yeah. So uh, you know these products have been really popular you know over the last you know over the last year and a half they've been you know uh, among the most popular products you know in financial services for a couple of reasons one you know that certainty and one you've seen in this rising rate environment the rates on these products have gone up you know dramatically mm-hmm. so you know for example you know i think you know right now we're offering products that pay up to 6% okay
0: you know that's a, you know, that's a really attractive
3: yeah, that's a really attractive rate. If you went back 18 months, you know, those same products were probably paying 2% or 3%, yes. right? But because of the way interest rates have been rising so much, these become attractive. And particularly when you compare it to the market. So if you, you know, if you're in stocks, you know, stocks have been up and down, more down than up lately. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, historically, you know, a 6 to 8% return in the stock market is, you know, a good return. Yes, it so is. So now if you can buy a product that's going to guarantee you six percent, you know, obviously that makes that quite, you know, quite attractive. Mm-hmm. The you know, the other side has been, you know, bonds. You know, if you've been invested in bonds, you know, bonds with rising interest rates, they lose value you know they you know the interest rate can be the same that they'll pay but the value of the bond goes down in a rising rate environment cuz i think like we talked about last time you know relative to the issue banks have if you personally own a bond yeah. and again that bond was paying you 2% and now you know you had a 3 year bond paying you 2% and now you want a 3 year bond that pays 4% 5% that 2% bond's not worth as much if you want mm-hmm. if you wanted or needed to sell it because nobody wants to buy a two percent bond when they can buy a new one for four four percent so my guess have been you know really important you know to help because they're you know the interest rates that they're paying are really attractive and when you've okay. got a lot of uncertainty you know both in the stock market and the bond market um that certainty is valuable not not to mention the returns valuable but you know the the peace of mind of having that certainty is really valuable to, to consumers
0: you know I'm glad to hear you say that with a peace of mind because i'll in researching uh for today's interview uh, reading some financial time, some financial information i was reading a business insider which said that basically if i remember this correctly they said that every asset from bonds to housing points to a recession. And they said even the investment management company, what is it called, Dave? Is it BlackRock? Uh yeah, BlackRock. BlackRock. Yeah. Yep. They said they said even them have gone on record with business insider to say the bull market is sadly over. So now you got this, you got this wildly swinging market, right? Right. Which has happened, what in 2008 and 2000, 1966. And I think they said also in 1929. Whereas what you're doing with my is you're basically leveling that field. You don't get that up and down. Is that is that is that a fair assessment?
3: Yeah, that, that's fair, and and traditionally, you know, traditionally you look to you know bank products like CDs to get you know a similar kind of experience, you know, where you're getting that predictable return, you know. But as we talked about last time, banks have had a hard time being competitive in this rising rate environment, where insurance carriers operate a little differently on their mm-hmm. balance sheet. So, mm-hmm. you know, the the rates they've been providing, you know, had been you know, very attractive relative to banks, and that's even why banks have been the largest seller of these, you know, MIGA products. You know, over the last year, I mean, it should be noted and remembered: these are not FDIC insured; they're backed by the insurance carrier. So, unlike a CD, they they you know perform and and look like a CD, but they're not FDIC insured like a CD is. Um, so, you know, when you, when you buy a MIGA, you should, you know, definitely look at the, you know, the credit rating of, you know, the, the financial, you know, the insurance carrier that's providing it.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm glad to hear you say that. And personally, if I was going to buy a MIGA, I would look to DPL Financial Partners, because if it's not backed by FDIC, sounds like you could take a flyer, right? If it's backed by an insurance company, Mm -hmm. that's kind of sketchy you could get yourself in a world of hurt real quick unless you went with someone like your firm, which has a track record.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, we're not a carrier to be clear, but we do curate, you know, our products from, you know, from, you know, from carriers, you know, across the industry um, and work with them to provide, you know, really value added products to clients because, you know, what we do is remove, we remove commissions and, and costs from the, you know, from the products so that, you know, our products are generally going to have higher rates than you're going to find, you know, elsewhere. But they're going to be from, you know, top you know carriers like, you know, Mass Mutual and, you know, A-plus rated carriers, you know, Great Great American, um, etc. And, you know, right on our website, you can see the carrier names, you know, the rates they're providing and their rating. So you know that they've got, you know, strong financial ratings.
0: David, a minute ago, we talked about uh, just in passing. You mentioned a uh, uh, CDs, which a lot of customers are going to be more familiar with. So, well, how does the multi-year guaranteed annuity or Omega MIGA? How does that product compare to to CDs offered by banks? If you can kind of underscore that what you were saying a minute ago a little bit deeper, please. Yeah,
3: yeah, there there are two primary differences between a CD and a MIGA. You know, number one, as I was just saying, that you know the CD because it's in the banking system is FDIC insured. Uh the MIGA is going to be backed and insured by the insurance carrier and the state insurance guarantee that the carrier works with, not the federal, you know, deposit insurance company uh that, you know, the banks work with. That's that's difference number 1. Difference number 2 is a MIGA is tax deferred, okay? Right? So that is helpful, right? So particularly on You know, products like a CD or a MIGA that pay interest, interest gets taxed at ordinary income rates, which is usually the highest tax rate you're going to pay, you know, as an individual investor. So to tax defer that, you know, can be helpful, but you have to know that that means, you know, these are, you know, products you should be using, you know, that closer to retirement. So like your 401k or your IRA you're not going to be able to you know take the money out pre 59 and a half okay uh in age before you turn 59 and a half because you've got you know they're giving you that's the benefit the trade off basically of getting that
0: that tax deferral so tax deferral is one benefit of these products. What are other benefits of the MIGA product line?
3: It's going to be the guaranteed rate. They're, you know, they're super simple products, you know, just like a CD. So you're buying it for, you know, again, for a duration, whether it's you know two years to 10 years. That's pretty much, you know, that's generally the range you'll see. And then you're getting a specific interest rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, right now, you know, products that we offer are paying up to six percent. Um on those. And I think that, you know, the range is somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, four and a half percent to, you know, to 6%. So you can, you know, lock in a, you know, really attractive return on your money, um, you know, for a specific amount of time. Mm-hmm. And, and that, and I mean, so that's kind of the beauty of the product is, is that they're, they're super simple.
0: Mm-hmm. That's one thing I like about uh, your website even for DPL, uh for dplfp.com for consumers. It's it is simple, it's almost basically intuitive, right? Especially for a non-techie guy like me. I mean, you go there, you can plug information in, and it's it's very clear, David. There's, you don't get a lot of obfuscation. There's nothing, it, it's all right there. It's easy to understand, easy to find for use for consumers, which is important.
3: Yeah, and when you and you know, when you're specifically looking at you know the MIGA products we provide, you can just go to our solutions page. There's something called the, the MIGA marketplace, and that's simply a listing of the of the products and carriers that we have, along with their you know, the the rates that they're paying on on the product. So you know, it couldn't be any more straightforward than you know, we have you know a team of consultants here that you know work with you know, both financial advisors and consumers, you know, to help find the best products for their needs. Uh, so, you know, always available, um, you know, for clients.
0: In our last episode, we talked a little bit about the uh, Silicon Valley bank collapse, uh, losing what, $42 billion. And I think, David, in our last interview, you said they're the 16th largest bank in the U.S. Um, or, so with that- or They with, were. Or they, well, <laughs> right, they were. That's right. Good point. They're shuttered right. now. <laughs> What do you do with all those T-shirts and hats that say SVB on them? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, so with them being shuttered, uh, to your point, you know, uh, by the Federal Reserve, uh, do you think there will be an increase in MIGA use following the SBB, the Silicon Bank, uh, Valley Bank news? I'm,
3: yeah, they're, I mean, they're definitely you know i say definitely i'll almost certainly will be i mean you you've already seen that trend happening you know where a lot of a lot of assets you know from customers that had been you know previously going into banks and, and cds and stuff like that have been moving to migas and even banks have been promoting migas you know ahead of their own cds in in many cases uh so you know migas had record sales here annuities in general had a record sales here last year you know that trend has continued i'm expecting you know the first quarter numbers will be out soon and you're going to see you know continued you know boom in those products you know both because of you know the the uncertainty that that has been around banks but also because of the really attractive rates insurance carriers are able to provide um those MIGA products today
0: mm-hmm. and i just think you know that that's just absolutely amazing to me given that what you guys offer uh, does give guaranteed income if i was at a place now where i was a younger person i would be definitely looking at miga because there comes a point where there's a diminishing return right david like if someone is retired in their 70s you're not going to get exactly the same amount of turn as someone in their 40s or 50s is that a fair assessment or is it never yeah, too fifth, late
3: it's no it, it's it's not too late so one particularly for migas right so migas I mean, you might you know be seventy years old. You buy a three or a five year MIGA, right? And that's just because you want to get you know a good interest rate on your you know on your uh, assets, you know, for that period of time. Uh, and even then, if you want to go to you know the benefits of guaranteed income, you know, for you know when you get older, the way those annuity products work is the payout rates get higher, uh-huh. right? So if you start taking income at age seventy. You're going to get a a higher payout rate than if you did it at 65, Mm -hmm. right? So, um, in some ways, kind of like Social Security, right? The the longer you delay taking it, the higher payout rate you're going to get. Yeah. So, you know, I think for those guaranteed income products, you know, once you're getting into your 80s, maybe that's you know probably you know a little late, but you know we often see you know 70 year olds you know looking at guaranteed income products, and and MIGA products can be You know, useful. You know, at almost any age. Um, You know, again, the the older you know, you would you would look to be the shorter durations you'd look at.
0: Well, I absolutely love it, and I trust. I think our audience has enjoyed this as much as I have. Speaking with uh, David Lau who's the founder and CEO of DPL Financial Partners, which is a privately held financial services firm that specializes in the development and distribution of low-cost, commission-free insurance and annuity products. More information can be found on their website, dplfp.com. And for my audience, I hope you'll join me and go to the MIGA Marketplace on that website because we get <laughs> some, a lot of information there. And, David, I hope to lead the parade to the MIGA Marketplace at dplfp.com.
3: <laughs> Terrific. I appreciate it, Dale. And, uh, yeah, let us know if we can help you with the MIGA.
0: Very good. I definitely will. And I also appreciate DPLFP in full candor is one of the sponsors of Aging with Grace 55+. David, till next time, thank you for your time, sir. Have a great day. You too, Dale. Take care. AARP Kentucky will host a four, free four-hour scam jam in the Louisville area on Thursday, June 15th to give Kentuckians tools to help spot and avoid scams. While we're talking about Kentucky in terms of scams that will include identity theft, investment fraud, cybercrime and mail fraud, and also contractors that that follow natural disasters. While we're talking about Kentucky, we submit that uh, that this topic is applicable nationally. And so to address this topic and give us more detail, please welcome LaDonna Coble from the Kentucky Office of the Attorney General, where she serves as Executive Director of the Office of Senior Protection and Mediation. Good morning, LaDonna. Welcome to Aging with Grace, 55 Plus. How are you?
4: Great, thanks for having me, Dale. I appreciate it and you're absolutely right. This topic just it applies to everybody in the country. So it's not unique to Kentucky, and everything we'll talk about today is is pretty much applicable to all of your listeners.
0: Yeah, so', so let's, well, let's just go ahead and get into it then. Tell uh, tell us a little bit about the Office of Senior Protection. How does your office assist seniors?
4: So the Office of Senior Protection in the Kentucky Attorney General's office, Assist people of all ages, actually, with fraud and scams. Um, uh, The the name of our office seems to imply it's only seniors, but we will help anybody uh, who is trying to recover from a scam. What we find is that seniors in particular uh, have a nest egg. They have a retirement savings or home equity. So when seniors lose money to scams, they often lose a lot more money. Than a younger consumer would, mm. and so we're really looking at people who uh, we're trying to help them. It's it's an especially tragic time for people who might not be able to make that money back up. It's it's really important to them.
0: Yeah, you know that just that just seems especially pernicious and just evil. This to to scam someone out of their nest egg, and Ladonna, because uh, God forbid, but if a younger person gets scammed, they've got time to recover that loss. But with with a senior, that runaway is way too short. So it's truly devastating to lose your money uh, in, in some of these uh, elaborate scams.
4: It it's really horrible. is.
0: And,
4: you know, I I encourage people to report to our office or their attorney general's office to to get help when they've been scammed. Uh, it, it helps us make the public aware of the scams that are trending. But it also allows us To help them uh, when they've been scammed, the the research shows that only one in forty four seniors will ever report when they've been scammed, and sometimes people don't know where to report. But very often they're embarrassed, or they just they they're scared, or they just don't want people to know. And we want you to know anybody could be the victim of a scam, and we're here to help you. Um, uh, No matter what your age, and no matter what has happened, uh, we're here to help.
0: Well, you know, especially uh, here to help in terms of uh, natural disasters. Like, for example, Kentucky, we had a uh, we had a, um, uh, a tornado which wiped out a large part of western Kentucky. We've had flooding in eastern Kentucky, and not just Kentucky, Ladonna, but as you're aware, the southeastern part of the United States. But it seems like there's a lot of con- contract uh, contractors that are price gouging and ripping people off. How do they protect themselves in a natural disaster? And how does your office assist people? Uh, in these situations?
2: Sure,
4: sure. So we, we see a few common things happen after natural disasters. The scammers are going to follow the disasters, happens all across the country. So a few things that happen, we will have rogue people holding themselves out as contractors. Sometimes they're driving in from out of state. They're not legitimate local businesses. They're people going door to door who don't live in your community and they're trying to make a quick buck, trying to convince you, maybe even high pressure sales. I can repair your roof. I can help you with this problem. And all I need is the money up front, which can be thousands of dollars Mm. to go buy the supplies. And a lot of people think, well, you know, that, that sounds reasonable. I know you need to go buy the supplies, but we tell people you need to do a little more research on who you're going to give money to because what will inevitably happen is a lot of these contractors will never show back up. They've basically just stolen the money. And they're really hard to locate because they might say, I'm with you know, Smith Building. That's not a real business. I'm just making that up. But I'm with a particular company that you've heard of. They might just be saying that to try to get your business. So you have to be really careful about those contractors going door to door. The other thing we see in these natural disasters is, you know, we see identity theft issues. Um, We see with with the tornadoes, there were people in counties 200 miles away who found photographs bank records, personal documents. No
0: way. Oh, my God. I
4: mean, there were were Facebook groups set up that would show, you know, does anyone know this family? And a lot of that stuff, they were trying to return it to the owners. But when a natural disaster happens like a tornado, you know, your personal effects could be blown all over. And so, you know, we really tell people to be careful. Um, And for any listener, even if you've not suffered through a natural disaster, Everyone can protect themselves from identity theft. Mm -hmm. Go to uh, Mm annualcreditreport.com and you can request a free copy of your credit report. Now, here's what's interesting. Usually, you can get a free credit report once a year, but Mm -hmm. during the pandemic, which and this goes through December 31st of this year, you can request a free credit report at annualcreditreport.com once a week. Wow. Yeah.
0: That so where you can see if anybody is, has, uh, is trying to impersonate you, right?
4: Yeah, yeah. You can see whether your, your information has been used to open credit cards or information like that. Um, the other thing we see pop up with natural disasters, and this is pretty common as well, we see charity scams. So sometimes those take the form of a GoFundMe account. Mm-hmm. And unless you really know, personally know, the individual who set up the GoFundMe account. Um, be wary of those because there's no way to know whether the money will ever make it to either the charity or the family that the mm-hmm. GoFundMe account was set up for. Uh, mm-hmm. The other type of charity scam we see is when people start getting phone calls from what seem to be legitimate charities. Someone could claim they're from the Red Cross Or another charity and ask you to make a donation by phone right then. Mm. And the risky thing there is you never know who's on the other end of the line. Um, I encourage people, if if you don't recognize the number, Mm -hmm. don't answer the call. If it says Red Cross or something, you still can't trust it because caller ID, you know, caller ID can be spoofed. and, And what that means is you can make a phone call if you're using technology and you're using an app to change the phone number. So it can appear that the person calling is from the charity, from your mm-hmm. utility company, or from the local sheriff's department. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that's who's on the phone.
0: Wow. that That is particularly devastating. And just, just to kind of relate a personal story on that, I... Uh, uh, this may not be particular to me, but I was receiving an email and a phone call about a friend of mine who was in jail in Guatemala. And they were trying to raise, she was trying to raise money for her release. And so I called her on her cell and I, I mentioned her by name. I said, I've got this. Uh, You've chance to not in jail in Guatemala. She laughed and said, no, Dale, my phone's been hacked. I'm here in my office. That's okay. Thank you. So what I did was responded to the people who were calling me to raise bail. I mentioned her by name. So I'm glad you got her in jail in Guatemala. She deserves it. And don't <laughs> even ever, ever come back to the United States. And I'm just going on out like outside I was like, click. And I never heard from them again, you know. But the yeah. point is, it sounded so real. And LaDonna, I could see someone doing that maybe as a grandchild with a grandparent, right? Absolutely.
4: Yes, no? Absolutely. The grandparent scam is is very prevalent. Uh we, we get a lot of reports of that. And and let me tell you why those are Particularly scary. Um, It works exactly like you described. A grandchild you think is calling you and they're they're distraught. Sometimes they're crying. Sometimes, uh, you know, it might be somebody claiming to be your grandchild, or it could be someone claiming to be a friend or an attorney for your grandchild. But what's really scary about these scams is there's new technology that allows the scammers to copy voices. So if they get 30 seconds of your grandchild's voice, maybe they, maybe they call him and claim to be the school, or maybe they see a video on Facebook or TikTok, one of those kind of things. They will record the voice for 30 seconds, and once they have that, they can type out a script, and they oh. can have a phone conversation with someone in that person's voice.
0: You no cannot way. tell
4: the difference of who you're talking to.
0: Oh, my gosh. Is that because of through AI? Is that kind of the new frontier, the voice mimicry?
4: It really is. It's an artificial intelligence type thing. But I tell you, a couple years ago, I saw a lady present on this. It was part of a national security kind of presentation and it was developed for cancer patients who are going to lose their voice. And it was a way that people could bank their voice if they lost the ability to speak. It's just advanced so much that now, you know, you have these situations where scammers have gotten a hold of the technology. And so let's say the telephone number of your grandchild has been spoofed. Copied so it looks like your grandson is really the one calling from his phone and it's his voice.
0: Oh, Lord! Oh, my God! Yeah, I mean,
4: like, see, but I mean, they're so these scams are so sophisticated, literally, anyone can fall for them. But what I tell people, all scams work on a sense of urgency and fear, Mm -hmm. take a step back. Yep. Try to be calm, even though it's going to be very upsetting. Call your grandchild, call their parent, call other family members, make sure it's real. Mm-hmm. Don't pay these scammers. Most of these kind of calls are scams. I've seen some televised stories where they were abduction scams, mm-hmm. just like yeah. you're talking about. They've yeah. either been arrested or abducted or they've been hurt. So just be really cautious.
0: And like you said, there's just enough information there for the sound as authentic as possible. Uh, and, and just and by the way, for our for our listeners, I trust you're enjoying this interview as much as I am with Adana Koble. She serves as executive director of the Office of Senior Protection and Mediation as part of the Kentucky Office of the Attorney General. We're discussing a topic. Don't, don't let it be put off to speak about Kentucky. But these topics and what LaDonna is discussing right now is also applicable at a national level. Because with that said, LaDonna, elder abuse takes many forms, including financial exploitation. So that, too, is, is, is rising, is it not? Is that also becoming more devastating, financial exploitation of, as a form of elder abuse?
4: Absolutely. Uh, Primarily what we see are are the fraud and scams type exploitation as opposed to familial exploitation. Sometimes it will happen that a family member will take advantage of an elder in the family. Um, That's not typically what our office handles. Uh, We do see that some, but yeah, the exploitation of seniors from these fraud and scams is, is enormous and you know, like I said, there's just they have more money to lose when they lose. Uh, here's an interesting statistic in Kentucky alone, just from the reports to our office and people will report to law enforcement or federal authorities, other places. But just those reports to the attorney general's office, seniors have lost over 30 million oh. since the pandemic began.
0: Oh, no. 30 million. Yeah. Yeah. So and that's, what are the,
4: that's what just are, the ones reported to us. And again, if only one in 44 report, right, you know right. that number is 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 somewhat higher.
0: So of those numbers, can you give me like the top five popular ones, the most prevalent ones that, that seniors, where they lose mm-hmm. their money? We've already talked about the charity scams, the GoFundMe. We've also talked about raising money for victims relief. What, what are some of the others uh, that you've seen mm-hmm. are that are rising in popularity?
4: So the biggest dollar loss scams uh, that we see are going to be investment scams. That one has been huge. Last year alone, you know, people lost over fourteen million on investment scams in Kentucky. Um, I, you know, they're going to convince you to roll over your retirement savings and into investments with them, which is usually a Bitcoin type situation. Mm-hmm. And then the money's just gone. Uh, the way that works, by the way, because people say, I would never invest money with someone I don't know who isn't right. a legitimate investor. Well, the way it works is they take over a friend who is a very trusted, reliable source and. Um, very good reputation. They will take over an account and they will start selling Bitcoin, pretending to be that person. So most people who've fallen victim for this thought they were talking to a trusted friend, someone who's successful in business, and they thought they were getting kind of the inside gig when really they were communicating with a scammer. The other thing we see, we see a lot of real estate and investment, uh, real estate type investments, and then uh, rentals where people have. Paid money to a scammer, Mm -hmm. not the real property Mm -hmm. owner. Um, If you want to talk about, you know, the the kind of rounding that out, we have romance scams, people you've met online, and those last for months. These people don't meet you online and initially ask for money. Okay. They're going to wait. They're going to wait and develop a relationship, develop trust, talk to you every day, maybe even talk to you on the phone. You are convinced it's a real person, and you really get to know them well. And then after several months, the the shoe drops, and there's always an emergency that they need you to send thousands of dollars.
0: Well, you know what? I, that's very timely with the specials on CNN last week, uh, where the attorney general was talking, to, no, excuse me, not the attorney general, the uh, surgeon general of the United States. Was talking about how devastating loneliness, how crushing that is right now. So I can see people stepping into that void. If I'm alone, someone's calling, showing interest, I would respond. I could see that happening very easily given the, the crushing uh, uh, prevalence of loneliness.
4: Absolutely. And I think that's why it took such an uptick during COVID when people weren't going to churches and uh, community events, even family gatherings. Everybody was kind of confined or, or felt much more limited. So they were meeting more people online and, and the end result has been, you know, a huge uptick in in a lot of scams. Well,
0: you know what, and what's interesting when you're talking about even the investment scams, uh, there's a documentary I'm watching now about the Theranos and you'll recall, uh-huh. uh, 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 Holmes, uh, Elizabeth Holmes. Uh-huh. And even savvy investors lost millions, including Secretary, former Secretary of State George Shultz. And so if the savvy investors can be can lose millions of dollars, it kind of trickles down to what about investors like you and me? You know, we would be particular, particularly susceptible to such fraud as well.
4: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> I'm an attorney by trade, not a financial advisor, but what I would tell my own parents would be, you know, to be a little more safe in their investments and make sure you're dealing with a reputable, um, licensed investment advisor, and mm. also make sure you're investing in something that's government backed. Mm. So, you know, Bitcoin and, you know, all these different types of currencies that aren't backed by the gov- government, it's a really it's a risky investment. It just mm. is. And uh, I I'm surprised. I mean, when we see people lose to these, they lose hundreds of thousands of dollars per person because they've rolled over their entire retirement, and they're just giving it to a scammer.
0: Wow. Well, on June 15th, the good news is if you're in Kentucky, you can also uh, attend this seminar we're going to have, I guess, sponsored by AARP Kentucky. And in full disclosure, AARP Kentucky is one of three sponsors of Aging with Grace 55 Plus, including today's transitions and also DPL Financial. But back to June 15th, Ladonna, I understand the topics there are going to be about identity theft, investment fraud, cybercrime, and mail fraud. Can you talk a little bit about that in the remaining three minutes that we have about the seminar on June 15th, sponsored Absolutely. by AARP Kentucky?
4: Absolutely. If you're in or around Louisville, Kentucky, I really encourage people to come. It's a free event. AARP will be serving lunch to everyone who attends, and there's going to be some really interesting speakers. We're going to keep it uh, fast paced and interesting. Each speaker is going to be about 30 minutes, so it's not a really long, drawn out kind of thing. We're going to have speakers from the U.S. Attorney's Office, which is the Federal Prosecutor's Office. We're going to have someone from the IRS, uh, an agent from the IRS. We're going to have a postal inspection agent uh, talking about mail fraud. Uh, We're going to have the attorney general's office talking about fraud. And so it's going to be a really neat event. And I really encourage people to register for that. I know AARP has flyers out and they're going to have all the information available on their website.
0: Hey, LaDonna, if someone was to report a scam uh, in Kentucky, how do they go about doing that? How do they report a scam to your office?
4: So report scams to the Attorney General's office. There's two ways. You can report online at ag.ky.gov scams or by calling our Consumer Protection Hotline. It's 1-888-432-9257.
0: And I'd like to close out with a final question, which is, what do you do with this information when someone reports a scam?
4: So what we'll do is we'll take a look at the exact facts of the scam. How did you send money, if if you sent money? And if you sent money, was it sent by you gave them a credit card number, or did you go buy gift cards? Um, Did you do a wire transfer did you mail money? So what we're looking at is we're looking for ways to see how the money was sent so that we can determine whether there's anything we can do to help reverse the charge or get the money back. And then we're, we're also going to give people next steps or tips to avoid further scams. So Now that the scammer has been successful on one scam, we're going to say, here's what you need to do. Because sometimes the person's email has been compromised, and we're going to walk them through what they need to do to take care of that. Sometimes it's identity theft. So it really depends on what happened, and we're going to give the next steps to the person, and whenever possible, we're going to try to see what we can do if there's a way to get the money back or work with law enforcement in their local community.
0: For our our listeners, I hope you've enjoyed as much as I have our interview with LaDonna Coble. She's from the Kentucky Office of the Attorney General, where she serves as Executive Director of the Office of Senior Protection and Mediation. LaDonna, this has been great. Please come back and see us again. I'm going to see you on June 15th but i would love to have you uh, appear or stop by again on a future edition of aging with grace 55 plus would you do that for us
4: absolutely love to talk to you
0: have a great day and thank you very much bye bye thank you thank you so much for listening as we wrap up another edition of aging with grace 55 plus sponsored by AARP Kentucky today's transitions and DPL financial partners Many thanks to our guests, J.J. Elliott Hill and sister Natalie Handy. And be sure to listen to their podcast series too, Confessions of a Reluctant Caregiver. Many thanks also to David Lau, discussing the benefits of multi-year guaranteed annuity product, or MIGA for short. More information about MIGAs can be found at dplfp.com. DPL Financial is committed to strengthening financial plans with powerful products delivering value for advisors and clients alike. And thanks also, last but not least, to LaDonna Cobell, Executive Director of the Office of Senior Protection and Mediation in the Kentucky Office of the Attorney General. And LaDonna is also one of several speakers at Scam Jam. That's Thursday, June 15th sponsored by AARP Kentucky. To register and for more information, please visit the events page at AARP Kentucky. Remember, aging is not a time of diminishment, but the application of lessons taught by some of our best teachers, including experience. And now for the last thought of the day from James Clear, author of the book, Atomic Habits, Clear writes, Good habits make time your ally. Bad habits make time your enemy. So, until next time, this has been your host, Dale Josie, of Aging with Grace 55+.